Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Being There Done That on Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. I'm Gordon. No, I'm not. You're not Gordon. I'm Gordon. <laughs> you sure I'm not Gordon? You're Phil. Am I? Yeah. Well, stop calling me Gordon. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that's got to be Chris over there then. <laughs> well, just by default. <laughs> by default, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the default around here. It's all going to be blamed on me. Press Thanks the button and it goes to default, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it goes to your fault. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, there Dear we are. Idea. I hope you've had a lovely extended weekend. It was a lovely um, weekend, long weekend. Well, there was people up at Diosford having a wonderful time up there. They Beautiful. said they called it chill out, but I don't think it would have been very chill up there, quite frankly. Well, no. Well, it was, certainly wasn't down it was here. Bloody hot down here. But chill out, chill means being relaxed and yeah well that's taken that context now hasn't it yeah. i had a nice relaxed extended weekend on the monday as well that was good and of course we had moomba moomba kiss my bum oh it is not it is that's what it means no, it, is. it does true it's very true you, I, I think it means a lot of things to a lot of people but the, but the, the, the uh, indigenous people that suggested it then said that that was what it, that moomba means kiss me bum in their language <laughs> They were having a go at the white Australia policy. <laughs> Good on them. <laughs> yes, I'm not going to say what they were doing at Chill Out. But... Moomba is a nice demonstration or illustration of the ethnic diversity of our state, of our country. Yes, it's become more multicultural. Once upon a time, it was all the big businesses that had the big uh, floats and everything when it first started. It was a it was a whole promotional thing for big business. With the big with, gas and fuel corporation. Gas and fuel and Meyer and all State Electricity those, Commission. Yeah. All, all those, these things that no longer exist. Yeah. Well, no, because they've been sold off. That's right. Yes. They're all private. Yeah. Or, they've gone broke, or they've gone broke and can't afford it anymore. But um, but I've noticed that as you see it now, it's it's all the different multicultural uh, groups that are in the uh, live in Melbourne and, and and love living in the city that come for come out and parade down the street. I think it's lovely. I think it's an opportunity for those uh, societies within the Australian society to come out with confidence and with pride, mm. much like our own Pride March on Gay Days. Yes, that's right. Uh, it is for them a, an opportunity for pride. We should have copyrighted that word when we had the chance. <laughs> <laughs> But the other thing is, too, that for them, it's a safe zone. If they get any backlash from the, uh, I'll call them the Bogans. I don't think that they, they get much. Anywhere in, in suburbia. In, but in, in Moomba, they don't get that sort of. Oh, no. No, that's what yeah, I'm no, saying. It's really quite lovely. Yeah. We have the same feeling with our own Pride March, as I mentioned. Well, and just imagine, apparently, Disneyland, the organisation, actually has 
gay days. You know. I think it's just a chance to to be yourself, so you don't have to act straight or so whatever you, you might do on a normal day to preserve your identity. So I can it means I can take my hat off and show me my, my little rat's ears. Well, you could. Well, you probably wear headphones. Yeah, that's <laughs> but right. But you've got to realise, I suppose, that a lot of the people that are part of the, the furniture, part of the doers there at Disneyland are from our community any rate. They're called cast members. Cast, cast members. members. Yes. 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 And they, they don't are, have to be in costume, but they're all cast members. But they also are a lot of out-of-work actors and uh, people waiting for their big break in television or the films. Certainly in California. California especially, yeah. yeah. So we're there already, hmm. but it's the rest of the population that's allowed to come in hmm. and uh, be gay. Well, yeah. of course, the, with the community at large being able to go in there as well it would show them that we are just like them we are completely yeah. normal we just love having a good time well my partner and i proved that every other weekend we'd <laughs> drive down to la and be as as gay as we wanted to be in disneyland <laughs> <laughs> what is one of the titles that they actually give disneyland it's is it fairyland or something like that mm, what on gay day yes no no but any day well, well just the happiest place on earth that's ah. right. It's, it's the happiest place on earth. That's, yes. well, that was the uh, their theme theme for their television shows, wasn't it? The, from the happiest place on earth. Yeah. Well, it's on the sign outside, so yeah, you yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, it's unreal I, land. It's it's very it's not of this world. <laughs> uh, well, it's a very safe, sterile environment. Sterile, yeah. Which it's very hard to describe. It's definitely no place for kids because they end up screaming and yelling and wanting to go home. But the, it's an adult institution that's been taken over by kids or being promoted by a, a brand for kids. But if you're a kid, you don't get to enjoy the rides as much. You don't know fear yet and all this good stuff that mm-hmm. makes a good ride. Yeah, that's true too. It's a wonderful place to visit, even if you... You wouldn't want to live there. You wouldn't want to live there, no. You'd get sick and tired of popcorn and ice cream. No, chur- churros. Churros. Mexican donuts. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, the cast members wear red shirts on Gay Day, and oh. so they're known by this particular uniform as red shirts. Why not? I would have Wouldn't thought that make them Republicans? I would have thought oh. so. And, and, and uh, California is usually a blue state, isn't it? Yes, thank God. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure. They, I'm sure they don't like the incumbent at the moment. From uh, the other side of this country, yes, from New York, where he's not liked either. Everybody loves the clown. (laughs) Yeah, true too. But the hairdos give you away. (laughs) (laughs) He's working on the red nose. (laughs) (laughs) Kylie Minogue will actually be playing New York City's Pride, Pride Island. Well, if we can have Cher, they can have Kylie. That's a fair swap. Isn't that a fair swap? I would have thought so. No, we won. We won, did we? (laughs) Well, Cher is a bigger name in the the music industry. And twice the height. Yeah. And And twice the longevity. She's been working for 50 years. But it's great that our Kylie will be playing Pride Island Party in New York City Pride Mm -hmm. uh, later on in uh, June. June, Yeah, 24th of June. That'll be their midsummer because 21st of June is midsummer. And just Mm. think in July they'll say, I can't get her out of my head. (laughs) I think Kylie will have a great time there. She's probably well known in New York, I would think. Well, she would be by the gay community. In the village. In the village community. Why aren't the people who live in the village known as the village people? I I think that's where the name was came from, but they didn't live there either. They weren't all gay either. No, they weren't true, true, yeah. Says I in a disappointed tone. (laughs) (laughs) 
someone who had a birthday on the 17th of Mark or on the 1976, but has already left this world, was Stephen Gately, part of Boyzone. Boyzone, yes. He was, he was a very good singer, had a very nice voice, actually. He was, And he yeah. unfortunately passed away while he was on holidays with his partner in Mallorca. He had a heart attack, I think it was, in Mallorca. And um, he passed away very, very young. He's only 33 years. Yeah, I was going to say 33. But he was born on St. Patrick's Day, 17th of March. 17th of March? Mm. Oh, is that St. Patrick's Day? Um, yes, my word it is. Well, fancy that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. All I think of is green beer. <laughs> That's what they're going to be. There'll be lots of green beer floating around in hotels on that day, too, I'm sure. And probably down the gutters. Steve was part of the boys' band known as Boys' Own. When Stephen Gately was 23, he uh, came out in a blaze of publicity. Mm. And then in 2003, he wed Andrew Cowles. First in a commitment ceremony in Las Vegas and then more formally in a civil partnership ceremony in London in 2006. Mm, mm. And they were together when he passed away. Mm. Yeah. Which was terribly sad because he, he was a talented young man, very talented. I suppose it's like everything else. When your time's up, your time's up. Yeah, but he had a, a good life and was with his partner to yeah, the end, yeah, so that's yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. good. Congenital heart defect. Defect, yeah. So mm. these days Obviously you usually can find that out about that, and yeah. they can do some repairs yeah. and maintenance, but yeah. probably back probably, then. Probably never had a, a thought about having a, a defect in his heart until it was too late. Well, yeah. He was too young to be suspected. Yeah, this is right, yeah. Anyway, let's hear from Stephen Gately, New Beginning, here on Joy. Seven years of waiting, seven years of holding on. Yes, it's been, yes, it's been. Always kept my faith in, I always knew this day would come. Let You're listening to a Joycast from GLB, TIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that on Joy. In our little history area, we've got a few birthdays to celebrate. And uh, one of them is a, a Russian ballet dancer born on the 17th of March, 1938. He's left this world, but he left behind a reputation of ballet dancing that was unsurpassed. He sort of took over a little bit from Nijinsky, who in his day was the greatest ballet dancer in the world as well. And he also was a Russian. They said that he could do all sorts of weird and wonderful things when he's leaping across the stage, but so could Rudolf Nureyev when you saw him perform. He could jump from almost one side of the Palais Theatre stage to the other in one huge bound. Now, why did you quote the Palais Theatre, Gordon? Oh, because I used to work down there. And did you see him? I saw him many times perform. Yes, oh, really? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. On stage. On stage, yes, yes, <laughs> only on stage. Yeah. He came out of Russia and escaped yes, because he, at that stage it was a locked country, in effect. Well, he, he went with the uh, Russian ballet, the Leningrad 
ballet, I think it was, and they went to Paris and they had a guard on him 24-7 because they had a feeling that he might try to escape out of Russia. And uh, he eventually gave them the slip and he had some friends in Paris that hit him and the plane went home without him, much to the chagrin of the Russian Secret Service and everything because he managed to give them the slip. Was he actually well known in the, the West by that stage? They'd heard of him. Ah. They had heard of him, but when he danced in Paris, they could see what he could do. And they realised this man was a such a great dancer. Yeah, he was. How, t- how tall was he? I wonder. He wasn't much taller than I am, which was about five foot. On the old measurements, five foot six, five foot seven. He wasn't. Oh. A, most of the men in ballet are not terribly big. He made ballet a thing for the man as well as the woman, because prior to him, the the men were the men were the support part. They yeah. supported the ballerina when she was doing her turns and her twists and lifted her and guided her around and all the rest of it. But uh, Rudolf and Ray have changed all that and he made the male dancer just as important as the female dancer. Mm. And presumably this showed up in his physique. Oh, yeah, he's a well-built man. I've got his, I have his autograph at home somewhere because we went and watched him filming Don Quixote out at the uh, Essendon Airport. So you're saying he had bulging thighs. Oh, bulged everywhere, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we were talking about the budgie smuggler swimmers. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes. They wouldn't have been able to con- contain his enthusiasm. Yeah, he was a very, very forthright person. If something didn't, he didn't agree with something, rather he would tell them too. You mean he had a temper? Oh, he had a temper. Yes, he had a real a real artistic temper. Yes. So a, a hissy fit. Uh, he would have a hissy fit. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. So he is a proper queen. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Yes, because uh, he, he... His face was... Not what you'd call a u- usual European face. Oh no! Because he had the high cheekbones, wasn't it? Well, he was. A, he was from actually from uh, another part of Russia where they had the um, Tartars. The Tartars. He was. He was actually a Tartar. Yeah, not a cream I, of Tartar, but a Tartar. Yeah. I know Tartar sauce, and I know tarts. What's a Tartar? A Tartar is a race of people that live in the middle steppes of Russia. Do they wear tartan? No, they don't. Well, no. that's a great loss. Yeah. No, I think there could be a little bit of Chinese-type influence well, in their facial features. Well, it could have come through features. from over the centuries, yes. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. But they all had... But they're distinctive. They had distinctive faces, yeah. He was chosen as a young boy to go and learn to dance. You can gamble in China. Yes, you can. So we can jump around here too. Gambling means jumping around. That's what I said. You can jump around here too. Uh. Mm. He was a, a great dancer and uh, and a, easy on the eye. A, ple- a pleasure to watch. <laughs> and uh, he and Margot Fontaine danced for many years together. Mm. So he his career in the West was uh, with English. Ballet companies? Ballet companies, yeah. But he would danced in America. He danced uh, with the Australian ballet. He danced and with all the good ballet companies. He sadly was a casualty of the AIDS crisis. That's right, yes, yes. He was generous with his affections, mm-hmm. it would seem, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in all the wrong ways. Yes, as he, as he said, I've covered the waterfront. That one, was one of his expressions. Really? Mm-hmm. Ah. Mm-hmm. I've been down there. I didn't pick up at all. <laughs> He also conducted the ballet orchestras sometimes too. He was quite musical, but his last performance was they brought him on at the end of a performance of his choreography and he was very, very ill, but they brought him on and he had a standing ovation from the, I think it was in Paris, and it was a standing ovation and it lasted for about 15 minutes. Wow. Mm. Yeah, he died on the 6th of January 1993. Mm. HIV AIDS related illness, yes, yes. 
So that's not particularly a wonderful thing, mm. but how how much of his life did we experience? Um, he died when he was 55. Yeah, and well, that's only the start of a choreographic career too because he could have gone on choreographed lots of stuff because lots of great ballet dancers did go into choreography and they could um, do new dances and everything. About a year later was born... On the 18th of March, 1939, the Honourable Michael Kirby, the former High Court Judge. Justice. Indeed. Yes, Justice Michael Kirby. He, uh, he wasn't only Australian, uh, in, in the Australian court system as well. He, he was an international jurist as well. When he was with the High Court of Australia, he was also with other international jurists, working out on different laws for different countries and different things, yeah. So he was a dual citizen. Yes, he was a dual citizen. Yeah, <laughs> or a he, dual judge. I think he, I could. Sp- I reckon you could spell that J E W E L as a dual citizen. Oh, here comes the fanboy. <laughs> oh, look! I just think he's a wonderful man. I like I love his brain and the way he can talk to people. And uh, <clears throat> I've seen him. He was at a World AIDS Day one year here in Melbourne, and he was asked to speak for thirty minutes. He looked at the clock. He started talking, and he finished dead on thirty minutes. He was just amazing. With notes? With no notes whatsoever, just straight off the top of his head. See, he should be more of a gay icon. I don't think we've heard enough from him. I reckon he's a gay icon. I reckon he's way up the top there. To everybody, because the way he presents himself, Mm. he's a gay man. Mm -hmm. He's holding high positions. One of the highest positions in the land, yes. And he didn't screw it up. No. No, he was he was the voice of dissent though in the high court. He was he, he, odd man out. Uh, the, usually the odd man out in lots of decisions. He would mm, stay. Doesn't make him wrong. No, it didn't make him wrong. <laughs> no, it didn't. It was his opinion, and that's what he was there for to give opinions. He was the uh, first patron of the Pride and Diversity, and it was. Uh, oh, he's a yeah. he's patron of lots of lots of organisations, yeah. gay organisations as well as straight organisations. But, but he's just stepped back. And um, Alan Joyce from Qantas has taken over as the patron of um, yeah. Pride and Diversity, yeah, which is a great movement too. Yeah, but Michael Kirby's just uh, to me is is just a wonderful man and a wonderful person, a wonderful gay man. You know, it was interesting that in fact he never really got picked on for being gay, no. or for having a gay partner. No, well, he didn't. Nobody knew about his gay partner until he outed himself on the the, the um, roles of the the parliamentary roles, and the, when they had to give their biography, and they said his partner was the, his partner's name. Yeah, that that's when it hit the fan, and everybody went, "Oh, oh he's gay, he's gay." Oh, so what? And he's once got, again, the sky didn't fall. The sky didn't fall, and the still could keep giving wonderful, wonderful um, judgments on on the different cases that came before him. I wonder how he feels about some of the. Uh, Things that are be in front of the courts at the moment, I bet he would love to rip a few of them apart. Well, I would say he would have some sort of diverse opinions about some of the stuff that's been going on. I don't think he would have been very pleased with the postal vote that we had to have. No, that, he, that, was that, that, he was again that, but I that, think yeah. that... But in the end, you have to accept that it had to be done, but it was, uh, it was the only way we were going to get what we got, and uh, thank God it happened. Certainly. Well, there you are, a couple of things. I'd like to say hello to Ruth. Ruth? Hello, Ruth. Ruth is in the Montefiore. Yeah, she loves listening to Joy. Yes. And she loves listening to our little show. Mm. So, Mm. Ruth, that was Gordon saying that. Yeah, and the other one's Phil over there. No, she said hello to Gordon and Chris. (laughs) (laughs) She probably couldn't remember your name. So So it's lovely to have you on board. And also we could say hello to Nina too. Oh, yes. And Cupcake. And lovely Cupcake. I hope they've survived 
the summer. And Philip can tell us how people can get in contact with us. They can email us. How do? What do they do then? We'll have to write their email to been there at joy.org.au. Oh, good. And it'll come straight through to us. And say hello to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> right. Stay tuned. There's more. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. You're with Phil, Gordon and Chris. Been there, done that on Joy. We've got a couple of other birthdays or points on the calendar Mm -hmm. that are of interest. We've done the little gay bit, so we're going to do a little bit of a straight bit. In acknowledgement of International Women's Day last week and linking it with swimming costumes and things like Mm -hmm. this. We were talking about budgie smugglers, weren't we? Um, Someone who never wore a budgie smuggler uniform. When she swam, I wonder they were able to get through the water. In the 1912 Olympics was the first woman to represent Australia. She won a gold medal. She held the world record at the 100 metres freestyle as well. And we're talking about Fanny Durack. And she and another woman swimmer, Mina Wiley, swam with the New South Wales Ladies Swimming Association. And in those days, men were not allowed to swim with women and women not allowed to swim with men. They were Boy germs. They're the boy germs and girl germs because they had to swim in the pool separately. I have no problem with swimming with men only, personally. But <laughs> I'm, I'm behind the times. Yeah, but but even that, male spectators were banned They from were not allowed to watch. The, yeah, not allowed to watch the women swim. I mean... Oh. It's amazing the species didn't die out. Yeah. Well... But isn't that a social comment, though, that, that men's spirits would be elevated to the point of hysteria? Yeah, by the women swimming in the costumes they had. Good God. What, head to toe. No, they weren't quite. They just came to just be, they came about halfway up the thigh. Um, and that was, that's the women's swimming costumes. But that's in, obscene. In, in 19, you can see leg. Yeah. And the other thing Fanny excelled in, she trained in the breaststroke. Yes. Which was the only style with a championship for women. And she, she proved herself in that style. And then she decided, let's go the for freestyle. the freestyle. But she was, uh, in 1912, when the Olympic Games organising committee said that they were going to put women's swimming events into the, the Olympic Games in Stockholm in 1912, the Australian Swimming Association said that Fanny and Mina couldn't go because they would be swimming with, with men watching yeah. in Stockholm. And there was such an uproar by the, the rest of the sporting world in Australia, because you know what sport means to Australians, it means everything. They, they said, well, you can go, but you have to raise your own money. Yeah, and so they possums. So they raised their own money and they went <coughs> and they swam and uh, Fanny won the gold medal in the 100 metres freestyle and Mina won the silver. Yeah. So they were 1-2 in that uh, thing, yeah, 1912. So the first women to win medals in uh, at Olympics for Australia. Mm. March is a very interesting month. 15th of March in 44 BCE, oh. before the Common Era. That was a sort of a bit of a stabbing incident, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Roman Emperor Julius Caesar was assassinated, receiving between 23 and 35 stab wounds. How, how many, who had the time to count? Oh. Because I think there was probably 12 or 13 people <coughs> were having a go and they just stabbed him three times each or something. If we were on the project, we would have just mentioned 
We would have just warned that this story may be disturbing to some listeners. <laughs> well, it was the way politics was ha- was. Oh, they didn't muck around, did days. they? No, no. Well, of course, Caesar or... was the leader of the Roman world, and he implemented extensive reforms of Roman society and the government, and he overthrew the already faltering government of the weak Republic and was proclaimed dictator for life. Man. Now, hold on. That's got a couple of that's incidents happening uh, now, isn't it? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Caesar's friend Marcus Brutus conspired with about 60 other senators to assassinate Caesar in hopes of saving the Republic and to prevent Caesar becoming king. Mm. And what did Caesar's wife she said, Julie, don't go. I said, Julie, Julie, don't go. <laughs> he um, went and that was the end of it. That's mm. right. The Ides of March is a, an auspicious day in the Roman calendar. It is said that the soothsayer had warned Caesar ahead of that particular date mm. of mm. the yeah, d- d- You don't go. That's, why, yeah. that's why his wife said, don't go. You've mm. been told not to Beware go. Beware the Ides of March. Yes, yes. So he went and that was the trouble. But he's, he was, he was um, a very interesting man, actually. He's he's where we get the saying cross the Rubicon, which means you've crossed something that you can't go back from. And he crossed the Rubicon River, which was a river that nobody thought could be crossed. And he crossed it it in northern northern Italy, yes, in somewhere towards Switzerland or Hungary or one of those countries. And he crossed the Rubicon and uh, made it made it across there. But he knew he couldn't get back unless he won. So that's the he he won. Mm. Did people get their ears back? Because after he died, yeah, lend friends, me your ears. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears. I want mine back. I can't hear a thing. <laughs> now, of that course, sounds we, like a Monty Python script. We, we <laughs> know this from Shakespeare's well, historical yeah, plays. Yeah. Modern science has come to the aid of current generations. Um, there was often recently lots of plagiarism in people submitting works in the university exercises that had been written by other people. I think that's been going on for quite a while. Uh, possibly, but mm. you know, these days it's just cut and paste. Mm. Uh, and what a lot of the universities do is use new software and just run it through. And if it picks up uh, trends or indications of another writer, mm. it starts to put an alerts in. And if it can identify exactly the source, it will. And universities will actually throw out other people's work. Well, that's I think why that's why my autobiography was never published. No, but, but that's that's fair enough. I think you shouldn't use other people's work to 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 for, to, to promote yourself as getting some sort of degree or something rather, because you haven't learned anything. You've just copied it. But modern technology might come back to bite Mr. Shakespeare because now they're running his works through the same software mm-hmm. to see if, in fact, Mr. Well, Bacon's thumbprint is in well, there's the a f- words. A few that are supposed to be there, Chris. There's a few that are Marlowe and, and others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they are really getting worried now because Mr. Shakespeare isn't really coming up particularly trumps no well of course there's only one reference to him in the in the in the whole of the history of the, the, the in the births deaths and marriages thing there's only he's only mentioned mm. once so that they don't even there's not even mentioned as a death in the thing he's maybe he was an editor well <laughs> he just put his name on stuff could have been there mm. uh, 17th of march in the year 461 while we're going ancient stuff st patrick's day Oh, yes. Celebrating the patron saint of Ireland. Now, why should we be concerned about 
an Irish saint. Because we have such an Irish population in Australia that was because of the potato famine and all the rest of it. The Irish were great travellers. They had to go to either America or Australia or Canada or somewhere to get food because there was nothing in Ireland for them. So much for facts. We celebrate because it's celebrated with beer. <laughs> is that what it is? Well, Irish. <laughs> Therefore, we can relate. Irish drink a fair bit of beer as well, you know. I've heard that. Yeah, and but and of course, Irish being Catholics, one of the only places they could get jobs was to buy their own pubs, because they were not allowed to have um, government jobs in the early days. You, you, they, Catholics were not allowed to be employed by the state governments or the oh. in the, as public servants or anything. Oh no, no, it was. Well, that that got turned on its head, didn't yeah, it? Did here very, in Australia, yeah, it did get turned on its head, but it was took a while to do it. But, they, but when they first came here, they were only allowed to. They could be um, teachers in Catholic schools, or they could be. Um, Publicans. Yeah. I think some of them studied the law as well. But when I first went into the public service, you know, you almost had to say that you went to a Catholic school oh, right. to be talked to. Mm, Other mm, than that, mm. oh no. But that that didn't that didn't change until after the Second World War when that was that was brought in. Because a friend of mine was able to get a job in the public service after he came home. What's well, the only way to get a job as Pope? Mm, yeah, that's true. Because that'd be interesting with a Protestant. <laughs> get the Irish talking. Yeah. But the yeah, but they, I love the Irish humour. The Irish sense of humour and their music is absolutely wonderful. It is. And uh, we'll be having green beer on the seventeenth. Oh, you might know. be, but I won't be. No. What 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 do they do? How do they get the green in it? Green vegetable dye. Oh, and food colouring. Food colouring. That's all it is. Oh, green so food colouring. So it's not mint or anything. No, 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 no. Just just a green vegetable dye. Finally. Listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy ninety four point nine. You're with Gordon, Chris, and Phil. Been there, done that. I'm oh, Joy. I'm sure we have too, most of us. <laughs> <laughs> On the second of March, in nineteen eighty six, I know it's a few years ago now. Someone got the scissors out and cut the apron strings. Oh, they didn't. They did. That would have been Bob Hawke's era. Well, it was. And he actually went over to Pommyland. Over there. And as Prime Minister, he watched uh, Elizabeth Windsor. Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth II. Yes, sign a document which actually cut the apron strings between UK and Australia. As far as, far as uh, deci- the court decisions went. It well, they the had given us our independence that's right, yeah. long to other th- activities, and now they're getting down to the short list. Yep. And um, all that remains now 
is, I think... Uh, She's still a, just the head of state, that's all. Head of state, that's mm. all mm. that is mm. left. Mm. But the appeal to the High Court in England was taken away from us well, uh, by the signing of this particular document. No, we had our High Court here. It was the Privy, oh, yeah. privy Court, Privy the Council privy. over there that you could go yeah. to as well, but that was that was stopped. We, we no longer can go to the Privy Council if we don't like what the High Court says. And in the document that she signed, she said that will become law on such and such a day. And she had already or was about to do the same sort of uh, signing or into law of the English document. The, the British document, the British, we often our laws were, were um, ruled by what the British Parliament had said we could do and couldn't mm. do. And so with this signing of this document, it took away uh, from both houses of Parliament um, anything that you, you, could, you couldn't, uh, we couldn't go to there and they couldn't come to us. So Simultaneous, yeah. Finally, Australia got to wear its big boy pants. Yeah, there's big boy pants. <laughs> Not yes. running off to mummy every 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's right, yes. But uh, that was a, a quite a significant um, thing. It's taken, it took us that long, 1986, in, to, to get rid of all the um, power of the, the British um, yeah. institutions to take us to do were, tell us what to do. Were we complaining about it though? We didn't seem to bother about it much, you know. Yeah, the impression I got when I was much younger is that the Privy Council was there to to protect us from ourselves. Oh, well, well so which might have been the attitude. Yeah, that's right, but, but we we could go to the High Court and if you didn't like the High Court's decision you still had the Privy Council that you could go to. Yeah. I think New Zealand still has um the uh, applications before the Privy Council. I'm pretty sure they, they've never dis, uh, so what, taken that away. what's the next step for us to be actually independent? Well... Become a republic. And why aren't we doing that? Are we still tied emotionally well, to the Well, we've got to make a decision on who will be the head of state, the ultimate power of authority in Australia. Yeah. The current, at the moment, currently, is... Don't we feel grown up enough yet? But yeah. I, but, but, I think but it's the alternatives that we're arguing about, whether it's a president by election or presidents by public ch by some other form of public choice or choice by the state governments blah 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 but before we can do that we have to have a vote to say do you want to become a republic before you even think about oh, how we're going to do we could do a postal ballot we could do a postal ballot like we did for the same sex marriage <laughs> oh they never work they, oh don't they <laughs> Aussie Post would love us love it yeah they, yeah. they made millions of dollars out of it oh, but, I reckon they got a freebie deal no they didn't they got a they, they made money they made a huge amount we're going to pay the boss's salary, yeah, don't they? that's right. But but that's the problem. You see, we have to have a vote to find out whether we really need the Australian public want a uh, to be a republic or to stay with the uh, within the British Crown. You can still become a re be, uh, become a republic and be part of the Commonwealth. It doesn't mean to say you leave the Commonwealth. Well, Canada's independent. Ca isn't Canada, it? India is independent. They belong yeah. to the Commonwealth. Yeah. So there's there are other countries that have done it, but Australia's always been so weak boarded weak-willed, and what have you. Well, I don't know about weak-willed, but Malcolm Turnbull actually was sort of... He was the leading instigator of the last one, but yeah, then, of course... Yeah, and look at him now. Yeah, but then, of course, well, he still wants it. But he's in power, and he could do that if he wanted well, to. Yeah, well, but he, but, but he wants to... Oh, you have this amazing opinion of the power of the Prime Minister. He liked high-speed networks when he was a younger man. <laughs> he, he was all for gay marriage, but he couldn't do it on his own. No, that's oh, true too. That take Talking guts. about same-sex marriage, it was ten, uh, 10 years ago on the 14th of March that the Victorian State Parliament passed a relationships bill, which meant that we could register our relationships even though they were, didn't mean marriage. 
No, but what did we actually get out of that particular process? We got the opportunity to represent our partner That's right. in the hospital in That's right. matters of decisions. Sort of some money decisions, some health decisions, but I still think you still needed to have your partner's power of attorney, medical power of attorney to do it. But now now with the equal marriage, you don't have to have that because they, you are partners. And well, that's, yeah, that's, that's, but, that's you know, gone. He, he, it was actually defining that the surviving partner or the supporting partner could actually benefit for the compensation. That's right. Yeah. These sorts of things. And it didn't particularly last terribly long. I know a few people who thought, wow, we'll get have our civil celebrant. That's right, yeah. And they lost their Centrelink Payments. two individual single uh, pensions mm, mm. to a family mm. pension, and yeah. they lost money out of the deal. They were bitter. Most yes. annoyed. That's right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to my first um, same sex marriage on the 24th of this month. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. yeah, I've got one in June. But I tell you who got married: Tim Wilson and his partner, the politician. Ah, oh, now he what did it in the parliament? The parliament, yes, yes, and he's uh, so he got married. Mm, he's, now, he's, be careful when you go to this gay marriage. Mm. If they ask you if you'd like an orange juice, say yes. Don't say I do want an orange juice. <laughs> Because <laughs> you might end up married to anybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's a little bit of a note here from GayStarNews.com. A story about ensuring that the historical journey of the gay community in England mm-hmm. is actually documented and celebrated. Um, they're, they're thinking of opening or creating an opening, uh, an LGBTI museum. Yeah, would I? I've, when you said that, I wondered what do you show, because you, you could probably have some art on the wall about the progress of the yeah. same sex or, or what have you, but I, I would have thought that they would needed archives as well as that because the most of our history is written. Well, it's not you, in ob- objects, is what I'm getting at. You know, that's that's what I wondered about. That's, there is a lot of objects in the British museums, oh, this particular gay artist produces this work or Mm. something else Mm. like that. Yeah, that's true. And they're part of the ancient history, but this is documenting and celebrating the modern history, Mm. I suppose, of last century. I just can't think of any, apart from paintings or sculptures or something rather. Well, it's the same as our gay and lesbian archives here. They haven't got a venue to display Mm. their holdings, Mm. and that's what a museum is. The Holocaust Museum in Elstonwick shows all the horrors that the Jewish community went through. That's right, yes. Well, they can show the horrors that our community's gone through. Well, there was... Because there are many. There was there was the pink triangle in Germany, of course, which is another one. But is it the is it purely the British LGBTI or the worldwide LGBTI? Well, we we all have our own stories to tell. It, it just, just sort of crossed my mind. When, yeah. when no, well, apparently at the moment there are museums in San Francisco and New York, Amsterdam and Berlin. Mm-hmm. I've been to the one in Berlin, but. There are two major gay archives in the world, and that is Toronto and Melbourne. Little Melbourne, yes. And of course, when we get our LG, when when we get our Pride Centre, the uh, archives will be down there, so that they may have somewhere to display some of the stuff. I don't know that they'll actually have display space 
for much of their collection. Mm, mm. Uh, just as we, if, when we move down there, we've got our archives here. We won't be, able, won't be able to put them up. No, no, no. we have a couple of showcases maybe. Well, they're, they're I don't know that the Pride Centre will actually have a lot of space for a, an, a museum for archives or for ourselves down there. So I think it's wonderful though that British gay life will be celebrated so well. I'm sure they've got lots of, lots of local little organisations that have got gay history that they can document because they have pride marches all over UK. What's the population of UK? About 60 million? I think it's about 60 million, yeah. Yeah. About that. So I think there's lots of gay people there. We we often joke about the this number that are in the parliament and uh, all the lords and ladies that are in oh. uh, the arts, TV and film and... What, mm. gays in show business? Yes. Oh. oh, not not movies. Surely not movies. And on the stage, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never. <laughs> do, do, but one thing I've always wondered, um, Chris, you may know this. Do, do our archives here in Melbourne cover the whole of Australia? Is it Australia wide, or is it just the Melbourne? There is a little bit of other stuff, but there is a formation of a little bit of a Sydney archive. It's mainly associated in Sydney, apparently, with their pride event, better mm. known as Mardi Gras. Mm. Because the it is called the Australian Gay and Lesbian Archives, yeah. so it's not just Victorian. It's, it says Australian as their title. So probably it's, it, they are collecting it from all around the, the country. I, the, the, what they've got at the moment in uh, Alga is not actually available for public scrutiny or if you've got a um, thesis that you're doing for uni or something like that then they will in fact let you sit down and go through some of their their files but it's not digitized at this stage which means universal access yeah well i've just done a i just had to sign a release for the um uh, interview I did with somebody that was doing a his doctoral thesis on gay life, and um, I he, he interviewed me, and I've had to just sign a release so that it can go into the gay and lesbian archives to be used for future reference with um, yeah. anybody that's investigating. Mm. Mm. I'm not that interesting, but it doesn't it doesn't come till 2023. <laughs> no, yeah. so we've got a few years to wait mm. yet. Mm. Hope I'm around for it. Oh, <laughs> you'll be around for the opening of the underground. Oh, You're not going until they're running trains. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get here to town instead, unless it is on. Look at the clock. Oh, my goodness. It is time for us to go. We love to thank you for your attention and hope that you'll join us another time. Thank you for your patronage. Oh. <laughs> There's been a lot of that tonight. Well, we hope to see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with Joy. Joy.